just dawned on me that my mic not be might not be working here. You test these things before you go live. So if you're just watching my mouth move, give me a second here while I get set. No, it's going through my headsets. That's okay. So let me switch over to my good phone. There we go. That should make a little bit of a difference there. All right. We are live, ladies and gentlemen, and that means that you are subject to the whims and vagrancies, it's a 50-cent word, of my mind, my technical know-how, and not having producer Aurora on board. But we do have a great show for you today. I'm very excited to bring you, continue bringing this new format. Last episode, we brought you Dr. Nicola's Lyme update. And she's going to be continuing that in the future, really pivoting toward working with practitioners. And I'm going to be working with Lauren Lovejoy and Lyme Ninja, Lyme Ninja Radio, and Lyme Warrior to work more on the patient advocacy side of things. Community advocacy, we kind of need a, a different word, although advocates kind of the, the right word in, in a sense. We're missing 90% of the cases out there. That's according to the CDC. So maybe it's more than that. You know, maybe we're missing 95% of the Lyme cases out there. And we need to find those people. And it's gonna be people like you who make up that difference. And we're gonna be putting together programs and tools for you just to have conversations. You don't need to learn how to treat Lyme disease as a layperson. That's a job of professionals, whether you're a professional health coach or nurse practitioner, or naturopath, whatever the case may be, it's their job to figure out, to, to, to attend the trainings, to be honest with you, and become proficient in triaging Lyme disease, getting people started, getting the right direction. And then if they feel called to really get into the complexities of dealing with chronic Lyme, which is a whole nother level, right? So we need people at all levels, and we just need an army of you, an army of aware people to begin to have the conversations in the community to point people in the right direction. Because how many times have you heard the story of a physician saying, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, you had a bullseye rash, yes, you tested positive on the ELISA, but we really don't have Lyme in this area, so it can't be Lyme disease. It's a false positive. And that's just an absolute crime and an absolute shame. And that should never, ever happen. It's like the people at the IDSA do not talk to the people at the CDC. So the IDSA says, yeah, everything's fine. Lyme disease is difficult to contract. It is easy to treat and very easy to diagnose, by the way. And then the people at the CDC are saying, yeah, but the IDSA people, you only catch in 10%. 10%. So we're missing upwards of 400,000 cases every single year, if not more than that. And after a while, that adds up. So the first part of the show, I want to bring you our interview, previous interview with Lauren of Lime Warrior and about the projects that she is doing and how you can get involved in your community and help spread the word about Lyme disease. So let me find the video here. And here we go. So enjoy. Lauren from Lime Warriors, welcome back to Lime Ninja Radio. So happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Hey, you're a nonprofit. 
well, Lyme Warriors is a nonprofit. You're not a nonprofit, but Lyme not, Warriors not is today. a not, not today. <laughs> Lyme Warriors is a nonprofit, and you sell merchandise to raise money to keep going. So why don't you just highlight one of the items that you have on your website? And for those of you who are so moved and have some cash and want to support a great cause, check out what Lauren's going to show you. Yeah, absolutely. So I was about to say, if you can't see it, wearing it today, wearing my Lyme Warrior hoodie. We have a whole bunch of merch on the website that is to empower people who have Lyme disease to start this conversation. And, you know, some people aren't really into wearing their disease or giving it life, but it's actually bigger than that. We have found that by speaking out and having something, we are finding when you go to a grocery store, when you're out in public, you become this magnet for people who say, Oh, I've been struggling with Lyme disease too. Like I, I've kind of given up and I don't know what to do, but people are drawn to you to start this conversation. And this actually empowers everybody to be an advocate for this disease and create a community that you didn't know exists. So if you're walking in the grocery store and this person beside you, you don't have a hoodie on that says Lyme Warrior, they're just going to walk past you. And that might be the friend you never got to connect with. So we're hoping to really start generating a conversation through generating awareness through merch and everyday apparel. All right, now you have to stand up and show everybody the sweatshirt you got on the hoodie. Sorry, it's, uh, that's how old school I am. I'm calling it a sweatshirt. There's a, it's a hoodie. So that it's been a hoodie now for like 30 years. And anyway, so there you go. Say, I call it all kinds of different things. My every single day wear is what I call it. Legal pajamas that you yes. wear outside. Right? My work from home office attire. All right, thanks for sharing that. Oh, and I forgot to mention. You all are putting together a Lyme treatment resource guide and tell people how they can sign up. It's not ready. I know it's not coming out to the middle of the summer, fingers crossed. How can people get on the waiting list to get this so they have it for themselves, but also to give to friends who might need it? Yep, absolutely. So there is so much misinformation around Lyme disease and that whole journey from going to a doctor and getting a bad Western blot test, to trying to figure out that you need Nigenix to what are co-infections. We're trying to put together a very, very simple guide that helps you navigate going through all that. And our goal with all that is to try to take years off your journey of misinformation and really give you the tools to attack this disease head on. So that should be available hopefully in the summer. And if you go to our website and sign up for our newsletter, you'll be alerted as soon as that comes up, along with lots of good other information that we have up currently of how to navigate this disease, why testing is inaccurate, and really give you the resources to kind of go about getting back to your health. Lauren, thank you so much. Everybody, go to LimeWars.us, get on the mailing list, get this resource, and have it as a PDF ready to hand out to those people. You know you're going to run into them, especially if you're wearing the Lime Warrior merch, and then you can actually help them and not just have a sympathetic conversation because we need to do an end run around the doctors and IDSA until they finally come around to our point of view, which I'm guessing will be in about 20 years. So there's going to be a few million people really suffering if we don't do something. So please be part of the solution and go to LimeWars.us and get on that mailing list. Lauren, thank you so much. Love it. Great. <laughs> All right. I love talking to Lauren and let me bring this up on screen too. I love Dr. Seuss. Who doesn't love Dr. Seuss? And Dr. Seuss, one of my favorite stories as a young boy was Horton Hears a Who. And really, that's what we need you to be. We need you to be like Horton, to be able to hear 
people with Lyme disease in your community. You need to hear those stories and be that person where you know, a, a mom whose kid who got bit and isn't quite sure what to do, that you can reassure them, yes, take it seriously. Here's who you need to go see in our community. This person will guide you right. So we need to be a, an army of Hortons that have, that have hearing for Lyme disease. And as part of that, we are, Lauren and I are putting together a Lyme, Water, Lyme Warrior Advocate Training. It's coming soon. We actually picked a date later in May, but the rest of the details we don't have yet, and I will be bringing those to you. We haven't decided yet if there's going to be a small cost to it to help defray some of the costs and to help support the Lyme Warrior Foundation, or it may be free. We haven't decided yet. If you have any comments about that, what do you think we should include, please send an email to McKay at LimeNinjaRadio.com, and I'd happy be happy to hear from you and what you have to say. Okay, moving right along, our next segment is an interview with Cindy Kennedy. Now, Cindy is close to my heart. We met at Lyme Conference up in Maine, and she had just started her own podcast. This is a few years ago. Now, she's no longer doing that, but she's a nurse practitioner in, the, in Massachusetts, in Western Mass., and she sees Lyme in her community every single day, and she's out there battling the good battle, and she's had Lyme herself, and so is familiar with the depths, and she has clawed her way back She's practicing again. She's helping people. And it's really a story of inspiration. And if you're out there struggling, just know that it is possible to heal when you get the right help, when you get the right steps. There's no magic bullet necessarily, right? Wish there was. That's bad news for some of you. Treating chronic Lyme is like a marathon, not a sprint. And it's more like a chess match against the Borrelia and the other factors, whether it's mycotoxins or metals or MCAS, whatever the case might be. So every time you make a move, your opponent's making a move back. So it's like a chess match. It's not a simple game like tic-tac-toe. But the point of this all is it's winnable. You can get out of chronic Lyme disease. You can heal. You can get better. And Cindy is living proof that that can happen. So let's bring her interview up, and please, Kennedy, enjoy. welcome to Lime Ninja Radio. You are a colleague of mine and a friend, and I'm so happy to speak with you today. It's so neat, nice. Woo! It's so nice. <laughs> nice and neat, and neatly nice, nicely neat. <laughs> neatly, nicely, nicely neat. No, it's yeah. really great. It's great to be here. It's great to um, have an opportunity to talk to you, kind of in a educational kind of light. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. And tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now, because you've got a full plate. Well, thank you for the full plate. It's always good to eat. You know, you want that plate full and you've got to always make sure that it's, you know, a quarter meat, a quarter carb and half of it has to be all those veggies. Um, anyways, no, I, I know seriously, I, um, it's divine intervention, um, after having Lyme and going through the rat race of not being diagnosed appropriately, it hit me 
And uh, I opened a wellness center in Eastland Meadow, Massachusetts. And uh, I take care of Lyme. I take care of mold. I take care of a variety of things. I share the practice with my daughter, who is a registered dietitian. And That's she, so cool. Yeah, she works, you know, in a functional realm, trying to incorporate the best that people can eat so they can really take care of their body. Nice. Now, take us back in time. What was the low point in your Lyme journey? Like, how bad was it? Oh, I cried. I cried every day. And it wasn't so typical, uh, you know, swollen joint kind of thing. I just, I had major, major headaches. I had terrible night sweats. And I just, I had shooting pains down my legs. And I think probably the, the lowest of lows was a colleague as a rheumatoid specialist, he was a rheumatologist, um, did not call me back, but had someone in the office call me and say, and the exhaustion was out of control. And his, his, um, words of wisdom to me was just exercise 30 minutes a day and you'll be fine. Wow. You gotta be kidding me. That was it. That was it. Wow. You know, so. You're I just don't know. lazy, Cindy. If you just exercised a little, you'd feel a lot better. Oh my God. And you know, you think about that and how sick and awful you feel. Yeah. It's like getting out of bed and putting, you know, clean underwear on is a huge feat for God's sakes, let alone trying to take a shower and make your bed. It's but, so true. Um, but yeah, but you know, I was practicing gynecology at that time. And so I was pretty good at what I did. So it was cookbook a little bit and I could do it. But even in that space, the providers that I worked with were of no help, no concern. You know, I got little notes from administrative people pursuant to your second request to change your hours. You know, and that's the problem. You know, if somebody has cancer, everybody's involved. You know, they got the meal train going, they, you know, taking care of the kids, yep. Yep. you know, what what else can we do for you, et cetera. No, it's, you know, after you're sick for a long time, people just completely walk away. I lost several friends that don't speak to me anymore, despite the fact that I'm over that and I'm in a good place. Right. Now, how long did it take for you to get diagnosed? Took about, it took at least seven years. Oof. And then it, it was complicated because the building that I worked in was water damaged. And so I got some mold illness on top of it. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah, a big tsunami, if you want to call it that. So it's taken a long time. And really, I don't think I would have ever figured out about the mold component until I got into this space. And when you're setting yourself up with the functional uh, companies, yep. they like to send you lab kits and let you try them out, see what the results are going to be. And I was oh, surprised. Really? To find, yes. Wow. Yeah. I was so like, really? What it is it? Yeah, it didn't smell. It didn't look bad. It just came positive on the test, huh? Yeah, no. I mean, <clears throat> you, what you find out is if you don't dry anything wet in a building that has wood and drywall, 
in 24, 48 hours, really, it's going to grow. And we've had multiple things where the entire office was flooded. And, you know, they came in with big blowers to dry the carpets. But, you know, gosh, By now I know. Yeah. yeah, it's too late. You pull that carpet up. What's underneath is not going to be pretty. Not, not at all. No. So what? So you finally get to, it's been seven years. You finally get your diagnosis mm -hmm. and then you start treatment or treatments. Mm -hmm. What began to really turn things around for you? What made the biggest difference in terms of your healing? Well, to be honest with you, the antibiotics did not. I'm probably a really terrible detoxifier. And it wasn't until we really started working on the mold component of it that really things started to get better, really. So, yeah. you know, I did the whole thing. I did the oral antibiotics. I did. I had IV antibiotics at one point. I was doing IV glutathione and... None of that you know, really moved the needle, it, huh? It didn't. It really didn't. You know, it was funny. I remember this uh, moving on to herbals and I used for about two weeks. That was a huge plus for me was Pectisol. Oh, right. Um, yeah. From Econugenic Pectisol. Which is, yeah, which is a binder, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? But see, back then I didn't know. I didn't mm. know that that binder in the gut was removing some of the toxins probably from the mold illness and it, i didn't you know so yep. it's interesting um because people people who are in this space and in, in that sick area it gets so foggy and muddled and you don't know if you're coming or going and when you don't have the right yeah if you it don't messes have, with your mind line messes with your clarity of thought it really yeah, does yeah Yep. Really all does. of that. It, it is tough. And you know, mold and Lyme go together. They're married really so a lot. As a, as a practitioner, how, how do you see that? Why do you see that? Why do you think that happens that mold and Lyme really, I don't want to say complement each other because we don't, it's not a good thing. It's like they no. gang up on you. It's more like, yeah, it. It, I think no matter which came first, both of them lower your immune status. So for someone who might be exposed to a water damaged building that's moldy, you know, maybe they didn't feel great, but as long as you're not there all the time, they'd be fine. But once right. you have a hit to your immune system and your immune system cannot function right, it just puts you, you know, sets you up for really some pretty negative effects. And then, so now you're, detoxifying from the mold mm -hmm. you're starting to feel better and how long was this process because i think in some of our minds we have oh you know i'm going to get better in six months or yeah. three months or how long did this process take till where you are right now where you're feeling can can i say pretty good yeah, okay I, yeah definitely definitely yeah. definitely definitely um i'm going to say it's probably been a couple of years really working on, on the mold component. It could be a little longer than that. And some of it is because I have changed companies uh, testing mycotoxins and come to find out that some companies are better than the others. <laughs> and uh, so what I thought was gone was really not quite gone yet. And, you so know, you... You figure that out. I mean, if you're yeah. stopping your binders or you're stopping some of your treatment and, you know, oh, I'm starting not to feel good. Well, you're not quite done yet. So you get a hop on. 
a, a, pr a pretty clear. And then, so as a practitioner in what part of Massachusetts are you again? Yep. Um, we're in Western Mass in East Long Meadow, uh, okay. outside of Springfield, where there we go. We are we touch uh, Enfield, Connecticut. So yep. we have a lot of Connecticut people too. And as a practitioner, what do you notice about Lyme disease in your area? Well, again, we deal <laughs> big with... sigh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my we, goodness! No, we deal with um, practitioners who are hell-bent on the testing is perfect when they send people to a general reference lab, um, Quest, LabCorp, whatever the case may be. They think that that is the best you can do and absolutely 100% accurate. They don't even entertain the fact that you're testing for one species and there's multiple. They think everything crosses over and they don't understand. Yeah. And, you know, recently someone actually told one of my patients that Igenix Labs is not good and that it's not CLIA certified, which is a big certification. And it is. Yes, yeah, it is. It is. And yeah. <laughs> They've gone through all the regulatory hurdles. Yeah. Yeah. Have. You know, and again, you know, I've come up, uh, come up to some of you know, the providers that when I was practicing gynecology, they were really nice to me. Now they're like, yeah, you know, I'm practicing voodoo, functional medicine. <clears throat> you know, God forbid I get somebody's uh, vitamin D over 50. They think they're going to die of uh, toxicity of, you know, the vitamin D. Anyway, uh, so, you know, it, dark it's ages. Still the same. Yeah, they're just, they don't want to change or they don't want to do anything that goes outside the standard of care. That's the big deal because they feel like they're, they're, you know, really their goal is to treat within the standard of care. Don't step over the line because you're going to get sued and it's not in the standard of care. So now you're held liable, but they're not, you know, I just, I, I just got out of work and I just had a, a young guy in his thirties and he came in with his wife and he's got a variety of different things going on and when I stepped out of the room to get a lab slip, I heard him say, oh, my God, this is so different. Functional medicine? She's actually listening to me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's what you do. That's what it takes. Where have all the doctors gone? I'm going to write a song. Where have all the doctors gone? Where they're, I don't know what they are, but they're, they're not physicians. They're technicians of some sort. Yeah. yeah, I'd, I'd rather do chat GPT does a better job of listening than they do. Well, I'd rather do the song, you know, 10 regular doctors jumping on the bed, one falls <laughs> off and bumps his head. We just see ya, <laughs> we can knock them off one by one. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> Cindy, thanks so much for coming on and spending a few minutes with us and sharing your Lyme Thank journey you. and you. how you clawed your way out of it. Yeah, well, it takes it takes a village and being part of the solution is really what we all have to do. We have Absolutely. to know and we have to, you know, report yeah. these things. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank it's great you. to be here, McKay. So I got a question in the comment section from Dave about how to best jumpstart your immune system. 
the basics to jumpstart your immune system. I'm not going to go into the best treatment regimen for detoxifying. That's a little bit too much in the legal weeds in terms of you know, prescribing on air kind of thing. We can't do that. But there's some basic fundamental things you can do to jumpstart your immune system that seem so basic. You're going to say, McKay, you're absolutely crazy. And the number one thing is take a walk. Our bodies are designed to move. It moves the lymph. The lymph, you could say the lymph system is your immune system. So you need the lymph to move and you need to walk to get the lymph moving. So if you're stuck inside, you have to do something like dry brushing to move the lymph. It's the best thing you can do, walk, even if it's just a little bit. The second thing is get out in the sunshine. So walk in the sunshine, especially now that it's spring, begin to get some natural levels of vitamin D going. The sunshine does other thing. It stimulates nitric oxide production, which helps with blood flow. And nitric oxide is also used with the immune system, the proper regulations of that. So that's super important as well. So one, walk, two, get in the sunshine without sunscreen. I'm not saying be dumb, but there's no reason you can't be out in the sun for 10 minutes in the middle of the day to get a high dose of the UVB without it being dangerous at all. After that, wear your hat, put your shirt back on. And then the last thing I'm going to say is go grounding. So that's barefoot in the grass. That is taking a swim inside a lake or a creek or a river or the ocean. Get yourself physically in touch with the earth. And that will donate electrons to your system. And your body will use those electrons to A, to heal, and then also to kill off whatever is present in your system. So those three things, take a walk, take a walk in the sunshine, 10 minutes or a little bit more if your skin can handle it in the middle of the day, and then get your feet in the grass or in the sand or in the ocean, or if you can, take a swim on a lake. It's one of the best things you can do. And that's a perfect segue into our last segment, which is our interview with Dr. Nicola Ducharme, and she runs Restore the Clinic out in San Diego. She is a Lyme expert. She has written four books on Lyme disease. She's my partner in the Lyme Academy, where we're going to be training up practitioners to better treat this disease, to do an end run around the docs because they're stuck on the idea, say, two weeks of doxycycline, which is uh, inadequate treatment. Let's just put it that way. So please enjoy my interview. And this is part of what you teach in the Lyme Academy. And I think it's so important as a concept, as a practitioner, health coach, even, even as, a, as a patient, whatever, if you've been struggling and losing, it starts to weigh you down. Everybody mm -hmm. knows you've, you know, you follow your favorite college team when they're having a bad year or a bad decade. You know, you check the sports page a little less off, at least I do, and just kind of hope it turns around at some point. But it really, it can affect you. And if it's your personal health, we've all, some of us have had that experience with weight loss where you just get on the scale and it just doesn't go down and then you give up and then it goes up and then it, it weighs us down. So talk about the concept of small wins, setting up a client, a patient, to be successful, to get that little bit of dopamine, to really lock them into you as a coach and a practitioner and to give them some hope. What, what can we do? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, a lot of people also, you know, we've talked in another episode about like medical PTSD and people have, you know, 
been through so much along the way and they've tried a lot of things. They've tried, they've seen a lot of practitioners. They've been busy researching on, you know, Dr. Google at two o'clock in the morning. They self-prescribe all these supplements. So there can be, you know, there's, there's a lot on their plate and we have to realize that these individuals do not often have full cognition, right? They're often experiencing brain fog and memory loss. And so keeping track of things is really hard. So, you know, I think that what's important is to kind of go step-by-step step with people and break things down into manageable pieces and, you know, really kind of make sure that they're understanding like, okay, this is the next thing we're going to do. And this is why this is the next thing we're going to do. And this is why, and not sort of give them too much at once. Um, and not ex setting up their expectations too, that, you know, line treatment is, the marathon it's not the sprint and so these things are going to take time and they're not going to be feeling better by next week and they may not be feeling better for a couple of months you know the first month may be rough they may be feeling worse with Herxheimer reactions and things so it's like we want to just kind of break things down into manageable steps for people set their expectations realistically that is huge because if people know what may be coming down the pike, they'll be a lot more willing to ride through it and to stay with you and not expect that they're going to be all better by next week and then get really bummed out and disappointed when they're not and then move on to the next practitioner and say, well, I wasted money on that. You know, I waste, that was a waste of time and money again. So helping them to see that, you know, this is going to be a long-term process, but this is what we're going to go for first. This is our first step break it into manageable pieces um, and, you know, really set them up to win. Don't set them up to fail with like super high doses of 10 different supplements that you know they're going to crash and feel horrible with. It's not helpful to them at all. And even I've learned enough now, I've been doing this almost 20 years, when patients come to me asking for super aggressive treatment, if I don't know their body well, I'm not going to do it. Why not? Because because it's setting both of us up for a loss. Like it's setting them up to feel really unwell and to feel further discouraged. And it's setting me up to lose a patient that ultimately I could have helped, but I just went at it to, you know, too gung ho. So as practitioners, we have to like, you know, honor our own intuition and boundaries and things like that. I have some patients who can take a lot and do a lot and handle a lot and that's fine, but I get to know them first. So we want to just kind of make sure things are very step-by-step, step, um, that they make sense, and then celebrate the small wins. Exactly that. Like if somebody's like, they're not feeling a lot better, but they're sleeping better or their bowels are moving better, then that's a, that's a positive. And I find with my folks that they've often been unwell for so long, they don't remember what they used to feel like. So and true. they don't remember what normal was for a start. Maybe, maybe some of them never had a, you know, quote unquote normal, but they often forget a lot of things about how they used to feel. And they also forget about things they don't have anymore. So that's, you know, why it's good to bring up with them. So how, how is, um, you know, your, your wrist pain, your, your, the pain in your, oh, oh, I didn't really thought about it, but yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's better. You know, and so going back and sort of going back into their complaints that they've had before and asking them about specific things, because it then helps to, it helps us as coaches and practitioners, but it helps them to be able to see, 
oh, things are better. And they may not have recognized that. Yes. If you have a list of a hundred symptoms and you get rid of three, you still have a list of 90 symptoms and you forget about the three, three wins. And that reminds me recently, I had a, I had a Lyme patient come in and she was so excited. And I think this is where we have to adjust as healthy or healthy-ish practitioners and coaches. We have to adjust our mindset too. She came in thrilled to death. She took a second shower in the past week. Yeah. And that was a big deal from her. And my initial response wasn't excited enough. And Uh she gave, she gave me a little stink eye. Then I got the message really (laughs) quickly as like, and then we had a little celebration there and, and then laughed about it. Cause she's saying, Oh, you know, I can't believe we're celebrating this, but it was an accomplishment for her to take a second shower because showers wipe her out. So to feel strong enough to take a second one, was amazing. She felt, you know, almost normal or more closer to normal than she has in year and a half, two years. Yeah. So that's the other thing I think is is our perception of what a win is needs to, in some cases, be radically, radically shifted for for our benefit and their benefit. Because if you throw if you throw the baby out with the bathwater, pun intended, there, and just oh, you know, well, it's about time. It's, it, it's, it, you're not serving them. You're not serving yourself. That's, that's a recipe for burnout for both you and for the patient or client. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, when we celebrate with patients, like I had a patient the other day who was celebrating because they walked around the block. I mean, that was huge. huge. But when we celebrate with them, we're like on their team, right? I mean, it really fosters that sense of, um what word do I want so loyalty but that connection and that's what we that's what we need and that's what our that's what these people need after all the stuff they've been through over the years is they're looking for connection they're looking for someone to like cheer them on they're looking for someone who like pull them up when they're feeling down celebrate the wins and cheer for them when good things have happened but that's part of our experience with them and that's part of what sets us apart as practitioners to be able to offer that, not just like sit down, what have you been taking? This is what you're going to take next and off you go. That's so incredibly important because all that information now is actually out on the internet and it's pretty good information. They're there with you because to help them through to celebrate those wins, figure out what they should be focused on. A lot of Lyme patients can't think clearly anymore. They've lost their ability to to put things sequentially or sort out what should I do next. And that's what they need the help with. That's what they need the help with, not with the protocol. The protocols are all out there. And we need to go beyond protocols and really deal with the person who's in front of us. So thank you for those clinical pearls just dropping like bombs everywhere. I love it. <laughs> we got to keep this going. No worries. Yeah, I'll see you soon. All right. All right. And this time I remember to unmute myself. I'll have to go back in the recording and clip that. That brings up the final thing I want to share with you is if you're a practitioner and you're listening to this and you're interested in learning more about treating Lyme disease, either kind of in the triage days where you're just getting people started and getting the help they need immediately or figuring out is this chronic 
illness person in front of me, do they really have Lyme disease to begin to sort that out? It takes something different because you need to be able to swim against the tide that the IDSA is. And the IDSA is the Infectious Disease Society of America. And their guidelines are missing 90% of the people. That's according to the CDC, missing 90%. So we need practitioners who are willing to think differently, who are willing to take a few sticks and stones from the medical community, but then to actually help people. And we're having a training, Dr. Nicola and I, coming up May 10th. It's 4.30 to 8.30. If you're interested in a scholarship to this training, because you're a listener of Lyme Ninja Radio, I'm happy to extend that to you. Just send an email to me, McKay, M-A-C-K-A-Y, at LimeNinjaRadio.com. And that address again is McKay, and I spell my name M-A-C-K-A-Y, at LimeNinjaRadio.com. So just send me an email, and I'll give you all the details that you need to know about that training. All right, we're in under 40 minutes this time. My goal was 30 minutes, and so far we have not been close yet, but this is the closest one. And I thank you all for being here. There are lots of podcasts you could be listening to, lots of different ways to spend your Wednesday evening than listening to me talk about Lyme disease and what to do about it and how you can advocate in community. But obviously you're listening to this because you care. And you want to be part of the solution. And thank you for doing that. We need an army of people like you. So spread the word. Share this podcast. Hit the like button. Hit the notify button so you know when we go live. And I will talk to you as I click on over here to get the end video. I will talk to you soon. Take care. Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.